Good morning, church. Glad to see you guys here. Uh, um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, thank you guys. First off, I want to thank you guys so much for all the prayers this past week. Um, back surgery was a success. I still have one, so uh, small victories. So, uh, but uh, thank you so much to everyone that has brought us food, cards, uh, phone calls, texts. Uh, they have meant the world to us. Uh, I was talking to my wife last night, and I kind of got teary-eyed, and I told her, I said, we really found us an amazing church home, and uh, we're so blessed by you guys, so thank you so much, and um, I'm still a little sore. Uh, I, I think I underestimated what type of surgery it was. I thought I was going to get a couple stitches here and there, and I ended up with 30 staples, and I think they just needed to empty the clip. That's what, that's what I uh, tell them, so, uh, and uh, but uh, I, I told my wife, I said, I guess I was just being optimistic. And she's like, nah, you're being naive. So um, I don't know what that means, but it sounded really bad. But, uh, uh, but second thing I, I want to say to you, all the parents here, I want you to listen to this. Thank you so much for making church a priority in your kids' life. Thank you. Last week, we counted, we had over 40 kids stand up. There's just as many today. And church, uh, parents, bottom of our hearts, Thank you so much for setting the example and making church a priority in your family's lives. It, it, it is, uh, it's life-changing, amen? And uh, we thank you so much for that. So I misspoke last week. Uh, it happens every now and then. But uh, I said we we're going to be in the Sermon of the Mount series, which we are going to be. But that starts next week. And we'll probably be in that all the way up to Thanksgiving because uh, it's just such a good series that we want to dive into. But today we're going to, it's our Foundation Sunday, so uh, if you have not been here for, uh, when we do a Foundation Sunday, basically Foundations is simply this, it's based in Psalms 11.3, and it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to do something. So every last Sunday of the month, we're going to talk on a topic maybe that a lot of people struggle with, or uh, maybe talk on something that... We're getting misinformation uh, from people around us uh, because church, here's the thing. There are so many people out there that want to destroy the church. And if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for everything they feed us. So we need to stand firm on our foundation, and we need, to, we need to also ensure that our kids stand firm on their foundations. And this is exactly why we do this Foundation Sunday. So that's, uh, so that's the premise of the foundation. Sunday in church, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to try to answer a question today that I would say everybody has asked, everybody has maybe cried over, maybe even yelled over. Church, there's a question out there that every believer, young and old, has been tempted to ask this question or has asked this question. And honestly, I get it. I get it. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I've asked this question multiple times. Until recently, I really didn't feel like I even got an answer. So we're going to tackle the question, if there is really a God, and if Christianity is true, why is there such evil and pain and suffering in this day and age? It's a great question. And it's a great question that I know many of us, if not all of us, have asked. Church, we need to start something, we need to say something before we even get going. There is evil in this world. If you do not believe it, you are naive. There is people out there that they live for evil. There is people out there that they glorify evil. There is people and things out there that they pronounce evil. Church, our only combatants against that is we need to pronounce the name of Jesus Christ Amen. in everything we do. 
Everything that we do, every day that we go forward, it doesn't matter how evil it is, how painful it is, or the suffering we're going through. If we want to combat evil, we need to glorify the name of Jesus Christ in everything we do. Amen? We got that squared away? Then we can go on. All right? So when we, I look at, at evil, and, and when I look at things in our lives that we just can't explain, because we all had them, we've all had things in our lives that we just look at and like, I just don't get it. You know, I've been blessed that I, at a young age, I felt like God was really calling me to travel the world and, and pour into people and spread the gospel. Um, I've been doing missions trips since I was young, and now I'm to the point I, I lead them to different places. I've been all over the world, and I've seen some stuff that doesn't make sense to me. Um, a couple years ago, I took a group of about 15, 16 kids to an Indian reservation in South Dakota, and it was one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. You know, we were on a reservation in the United States of America in a shed no bigger than, I'm sorry, no bigger than ours out there, 12 people's living in it, no running water, no electricity. That didn't make sense to me. And then they shared a stat with me. They said, you know, out of all the kids in this community, 90% of them have been abused in some way. Church, that's evil. Amen. That is evil. And it's not across the pond. It's not overseas. That evil is here. And then, you know, I've had the honor and privilege to, to go to, we went to, when I went to Thailand just recently, and um, we got to go into uh, Myanmar, and we got to go into uh, 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 Cambodia, we got to go back and forth there. And, you know, when we started meeting a lot of people, a lot of them had pretty similar stories. We went to a lot of villages, and there were not a lot of men in the villages. And so we had a lot of widows share us why their husband was murdered, why their husband was killed over petty things that just didn't make sense to me. So these men were killed in cold blood mostly because of jealousy, greed. Church, that's evil. And then I had an experience in Guatemala that has changed my life. When we went there, we traveled all over the country for, for 14 days. We went to two different churches every day. We were in and out. I mean, I got to see the entire country. And uh, we pulled into a church, and they would usually do this. Every time we pull up to a church, they said, hey, uh, you're going to preach at this next church. And I said, okay, uh, how far away are we? They're like, we just pulled in, get something together. And so I'd have to get a sermon ready. And I pulled up to one of them, and, and they said, hey, you're preaching a different type of service. I said, well, what type of service is it? And they said, it's a pastor's installation service. It's an ordination service. And I got kind of excited. I was like, this is awesome to be a part of a young man's uh, uh, journey that God has put him on to start this church and everything. And I walk in and they said, here is the gentleman that is going to be ordained. And he was 87, 88 years old. <laughs> and church, I can, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shy to say it. I was like, huh, well, Nice to meet you, you know, because when, when you're installing a new pastor, 88 to 89, 87, that's usually not the prime picking area, you know? And, and so, but then he shared a story with me and he said, my son was the pastor here of this church. He was 40 years old. He said, he took this church from nothing and built it. And he said, he built it because he, all he did was share the love of Jesus Christ. That was it. He said, we brought kids in. And he said, we had little Bible schools. He said, we had baptisms every week. We, we had to add on. And then on our add-on, we had to add on to the add-on. And then we had to put another story. 
And he was, telling his, he was telling us about how amazing of a job his son was doing because he just preached love of Jesus Christ. And after one service, he was walking out with his family and he was gunned down on the steps of that church. He died in front of his entire family. And then his father felt laid upon his heart that he needs to pick up where his son could not anymore. So this man saw his his own son stolen and robbed from him by the face of pure evil. And instead of turning away from God, he turned to him. Church, that's where we're making a lot of bad decisions. Church, we're in the face of evil every day. And every day we get into a, a, a position where we see evil and we can't explain it. So we turn away from God instead of turning away from the evil. Amen. Come on now. We do. Because we feel that God has purposely hurt us. We feel that God is not the God. He says he is. Church, that's why we're going to answer this question today. Because we've all been there. We've all been when we look at the face of evil and we just don't get it. You know, I spoke to this, this, this gentleman for almost, almost the entire day I was there. And he shared a scripture with me, which is our focus verse today. Matthew 9, 35 through 39, it says this. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, church, every affliction. And 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful and laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus walked around this village and saw destruction. He saw evil. He saw the result of evil. He saw people that were, were just losing their lives for absolutely no reason. And it was so awful. What does scripture tells us that Jesus felt? Jesus felt compassion. Jesus saw evil and he had a earthly emotion. He felt compassion for those people. Church, have you ever seen evil so evil? It just puts a lump in your stomach like you feel helpless. Church, it's one of the worst feelings I can ever explain to you if you have not felt it. Jesus felt this. Jesus saw these people and he felt, he felt compassion because he saw that evil was spreading faster than the gospel. Church, that is what is happening today. Evil is spreading way faster than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the thing that's really heartbreaking about it is, like Jesus says, the harvest is ready. The harvest field is full. There's so many people out there that they are searching for Jesus Christ or for something. But yet, just like scripture says, there's not enough workers out there to harvest what needs to be harvested. Church, I know when we are in a situation where evil has happened, to us, we don't know what to do. I've been there. I get it. Church, I know we have people in our life that evil has been done to them, and they come to you for advice. What do we say? What do we say when somebody asks me, why is all these people dying in a war over in Ukraine that shouldn't happen? What do you, what do you say? What do you say to these people that literally have lost their lives in a fire because they didn't want to leave their home? What do you say? What do you say when you see on the news that in some of the states, child trafficking is one of their biggest revenues? 
What do you say? Church, what do you say when a mom and dad comes up to you and tells you they are so angry at God because their son was killed by a drunk driver? What do you say? Church, that's why we need to ask and answer this question. Because we can say something. Church, I know we have all been in a situation that we just want an answer. And we're going to force an answer. But I'm telling you the answer to this question, there is only one answer. And it sounds simplistic. But I'm telling you, it's, it is bound by Scripture. There's a couple other questions that we ask too when we're in situations where evil has showed its face and it doesn't make any sense to us. How about this? How about if God is so good and powerful, why is there so much evil and pain? We talked about that one. The second one is, if God is so good, then he must not be all powerful. And if God is so powerful, he must not be good. Church, when we have bad things happen to us and we have evil show its face, God is not your enemy. And that's our first move is we, we question the belief of God when something happens. When something bad happens, our first instinct is we blame it on somebody that doesn't want nothing but the best for you. Church, this is a very tough one to get through. Because as a pastor, I've had this question asked me for years and I never could give an answer. There's a gentleman, he used to be a Christian He's an uh, agnostic now, and he did a lot of missions work. His name was Bar- Bart Ehrman, and somebody asked him, I said, you know, how did you make the transition from being a believer, a missionary, into ag- an agnostic? If you don't know what that means, that means they believe there might be a God, there might not be a God, and if there is a God, you can't really connect to him. And they asked him, you know, what, why did you make the transition? And he told me, he said, it was a problem of faith. He said, I see all these bad, evil things every day, and I just can't explain them. And so it was a problem with my faith, and I decided to walk away. And you know, the, the unique thing about this story is his wife is still a dedicated Christian. Church, that means their household is split every day. And it had to do over something that was pure evil that happened to their family. They split right down the middle. Church, when evil happens, we need to be united in the name of Jesus Christ. I know it's tough sometimes because some of us get over things a lot faster than other people's, people do. I get that. I love C.S. Lewis. I, I love uh, the, just the, the books that he has wrote. I love the quotes that he has. If you guys don't know the history of C.S. Lewis, he used to be an atheist. And then he talks about why he decided to make that transition. And he says, my argument before was that the universe just, it just seems so cruel and unjust. But how I got in that idea of just and unjust A man does not call a line crooked unless he has an idea of a straight line. What I was comparing this universe is when I called it unjust. Church, there's no way we can point out evil if we don't believe in the good. There's no way we can have an effective fight and battle against evil if we don't address that there's good in the world. Church, I know it's really hard to find good people in this world. I get Oh, I get it. They're out there. Even the not good people, church, listen to this. They can be converted to good people. Even the people out there that are are in evil, by the power of Jesus Christ, they could be good. But church, they are the first ones we give up on. We believe that their evil is too evil for us to pray over. We believe that their evil is too evil that we're not even going to address it. 
I heard someone say a while ago, says evil is going to be evil. Man, that is, that is so untrue. So we look back in Matthew when Jesus was walking around and we talked about the compassion he had. We talk about the pit of the stomach feeling that he had by looking at people that were just absolutely wrecked by evil. And then it says he saw two things. He saw the harassed and he saw the helpless. Church, what does this mean? What does this mean when we we talk about Jesus saw the harassed and the helpless? Well, the harassed means they are suffering from man-made suffering. That means people around them made bad decisions and chose evil. And they were being harassed. And that is man-made suffering. The second one is helpless. A lot of times that's natural suffering. That's, that's when natural disasters or disease or, or famine or stuff like that, that that we just can't explain when that happens. Church, we're being attacked by man-made suffering. And we're being depressed and broken by natural suffering. Church, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that the suffering that you are in right now, God knows it. God knows that you're in that suffering. John chapter 9, it tells us there's a story about a man that was blind. It was a story about a man that was born he could never see. And then Jesus walked up, if you guys don't know the story, he picked up some dirt and he spit into it. I know, ew, gross, right? He spit into it. And he rubbed it together and he made a paste. When he made the paste, he put it over his eyes and told him to go wash his eyes. When he washed his eyes and he came back, church, he could see. And John 9, 32, it says this, Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind for the first time in the history of the world. In scripture, it tells us that this is the first time that Jesus took away evil from somebody. Because when he, they ask him, why are you blind by the sins of your, you or the sins of your father? And the man and Jesus says, no, 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 neither. He is blind because it says this man is helpless and suffering because of the kind of world we live in. But today you're going to see God on display in this healing. Church, we are ready to see God on display. Amen. We need to stop displaying evil. You understand? We need to stop displaying and we need to stop praising evil because God is about to be on display. There's so many people out there that have never seen before God's about ready to spit on some mud and wipe it in their eyes and they're about to see. You got to believe that. Church, so we're going to get to the answer. Why is there evil? I'm going to preface by saying this. If you are in the middle of asking yourself this question right now, you might not be ready to hear this. It's okay. I just don't want anybody ever to leave this church not knowing the answer of this question. You might be ready in a couple months. You might be ready down the road. But this is it. There is evil in the world because of love. You're like, that doesn't sound right. Trust me. God loves you so much. He gave you free will. Amen? God loved you so much that he gave you a choice. Church, and the sad part about it is there's so many people choosing evil over the goodness of God. So the only way for a true love relationship to exist is in the atmosphere of free will. God gave you free will because he does not want to force anybody to love him. God gave us free will because he does not want to force anybody to follow him. Church, it's not love if you force them to love you. 
And so, and that's what we're looking at when we look at Scripture, is God, there is evil because God is love, and God gives us the free will. Sometimes we choose evil. Sometimes we choose good. And you're probably thinking to yourself, then what is going on right now in this day and age? In 2023, why does it feel like there's just, we're out of control? Church, straight up, honest answer is because there's too many people choosing evil over the goodness of God. That's it. I know you're like, that's a simplistic answer. It sure is, but it's true. Right now, we're in a day and age that people are just, they're not choosing the goodness of God. They're choosing evil. Church, now, a lot of people ask this question as well. Could God have created a world which we have free will and there is no evil? He's God. God can do whatever he wants. But the prophet Isaiah tells us this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and thoughts, uh, thoughts than your thoughts. Church, asking that question, that is our thought. There's some things that God does we're not going to understand. There's things that God is going to do that it just doesn't make any sense to us. Trust me, I have a list of questions I'm going to ask God when I get up there. There's a lot of stuff. I'm going to be like, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's grab some coffee. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's have a talk. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to us. Church, that's the way it's supposed to be. It tells us in Scripture that his thoughts are greater than any of your thoughts. His ways are greater than any of your ways. And in Scripture, it doesn't say the Lord says this. It says the Lord declares this. If you don't know the difference, declare means he is, he is uh, taking ownership of that. When you say stuff, a lot of times people just say stuff random, willy-nilly. But the Lord declares it. That means he, I said this because it's true. Church, I know a lot of times we talk about how great evil is, and, and we talk a lot about, you know, if God loved me so much, why didn't he protect me from this evil? Church, that's a good question. But it goes back to God loves us so much, he gave us free will. Church, when we look at the evil and we look at the problem, can we agree that there is a problem of evil in this world today? Not just in the United States, but it's across every border, every ocean. There is a problem with evil right now. There is, and we have to address that. So what do we do? We know that there's evil exists because of free will, and people just make just really bad decisions. What do we do about it? Church, there is something we can do about evil, and you need to believe that. The first one is we can live the right way. That is, we can live according to God's will. A lot of times we believe that the right way is the wrong way. Church, there's so many people out there telling you that the right way right now is the boring way. Right? What's that old saying they say? The good die young? Is that what they used to say? Stuff like that. Church, if we want to combat evil, how about we start living right? Because the people out there that are evil, that are doing evil, they're in the harvest field waiting but we're never going to be able to harvest them if we act the same way that they do. There's no way. So number one is if we want to combat evil, we need to live right. We need to make the right decisions. We need to do things that that God wants us to do. Number two is church, if we want to combat evil, 
Church, we need to get on our knees and pray. Church, I tell you this almost every week, and I probably will. Church, we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Amen. Church, we know that there are people out there we just don't want to pray for. There are people out there that have hurt us very much. There's people out there that have said things about us, said things about maybe your family. Maybe there's stuff out there people just tell you that, that you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that. Church, it takes a lot for us to pray over people that are a problem in our lives. Church, but if we want to combat the evil that is living in their hearts, first thing you got to do is pray. You know, when I was talking about this uh, gentleman that uh, he took over this church, that his, his son was killed. And, uh, you know, in, in other countries, jail is a little bit different than ours are here. And uh, um, he told me, you know, uh, they have a really, really strong prison ministry where they're at. Um, prison's a lot different there than it is here. And, and uh, uh, so I think he said they can only have one visitor every, I want to say, three to four weeks, maybe a month. And the only person that the, the person that shot this pastor wants to see is his father. Not his father, the pastor's father. The man that I was ordaining, he's the only man that he wants to see every month. And the reason why is because that pastor, that 88-year-old pastor, is a prayer warrior. And he has been praying over that man ever since that happened on those steps to that church. Church, I know it breaks our hearts sometimes to pray over evil. Church, there is no evil, evil enough that does not warrant God's prayers, our prayers. Prayer changes everything, church. Do you believe that? Yes. Next one is, church, we need, to, we need to stop being lazy. We can complain about the evil all day, which we do, FYI. We complain about the evil all day, but are you even stepping foot onto those harvest fields that Jesus told us we need to go out to? And you're like, well, I just don't feel led to go out. I just don't, I just, that's not my thing. That's not my, my calling. Well, if you read scripture, it tells us that is everybody's calling. And right now, there's just not enough workers. There's not enough people out in the fields bringing people into the right relationships. So there's people out there that are doing evil, that are living in evil, that are believing in evil. They're out there living and believing that way because nobody is showing them any different. Church, we need to go out to the harvest field instead of saying this, if you want help, come to me. Church, that is not what we've been called to do. We've been called to go out to the harvest fields. So what do we do with the pain? What do we do with the suffering? What do we do with the evil that we're trying to recover from? Because I can, bold statement, I really think all of us here are trying to recover from some type of pain, suffering, and evil that we have been thrown onto our lives. Number one is every, every heartache I know comes a heartbeat. Everything that you have went through that breaks you, something great has came out of that. So when I was there praying over this gentleman and, and the service was over and uh, a 15-minute sermon took about an hour 20 because um, I had to translate it, then the translator had to translate it, and it had to go down four different people. So it was... Um, everyone's like, that's the greatest sermon I, you, ever, you ever preached? I was like, well, I don't know what he said at the end, but I was, I was doing pretty good at my, the front of it. But, but uh, and so by the time we got out, it was, it was dark. It was getting dark. And we walked out to the very steps that this young pastor was killed. And 
There's this little boy. Oh, my goodness, church. When I tell you that boy was a handful, I mean everybody's handful. He was running around. He was six years old. He was acting like a six-year-old boy, jumping around. He, he had this little wolf hood on, so he's just, ooh, just running around. It was, uh, it was exhausting, actually, to, to watch it. And uh, uh, his grandfather said something, and he stopped right beside me. And he's like, I want to introduce you to my grandson. His dad is the one that was killed. His dad is the pastor. He said, I am the one being ordained. He's the one that's going to be the future pastor of this church. He said, I'm being ordained because my grandson asked me to. His six-year-old son saw the greatness and goodness that his dad was doing as a minister in a country that they just really don't grasp a hold of it. He's doing great things, and he saw evil firsthand. Instead of turning on God, he turned towards him. Church, there is a heartbeat that comes from every heartache. I know we can't see it right away, and I know we don't believe it right at the first when it happens, but I'm telling you this. Every evil moment can come a great moment if it is, if it is ordained by God. I'm telling you, it can happen. And when I met this boy, and I saw him, and I saw the energy he had, my, my thought went from, man, he's annoying, to this boy is going to do some great things. When he harnesses that energy, that passion, that ooh, that, pre that preacher voice, as I call it, he's going to do some great things because he took a moment of evil and turned it into goodness. So in your pain, God is shaping you. Romans 8, 28, and it says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things, church, all things work together for good. For those who are calling according to his purpose. It tells us that everything... Not only the good stuff works for good. Even the evil stuff works for the goodness of God. Everything you go through, no matter how many tears you have cried, no matter how many negative thoughts you have had, it works for the goodness of God. Church, we have to believe that or we don't have a shot against this evil. Number two is in your pain, God is with you. In your pain, God is with you. I know this is one of the hardest ones for us to grasp when evil has been in our lives for a long period of time. Church, I love knowing that there is a God that has my back. You're going to make me stand up. <clears throat> Church, I have been in so many situations that I felt like I was completely by myself. But because of my pain, I'm telling you, God had me. God has your back no matter what you go through. Church, we always like people cheering us on and, and pushing us and, and, and trying to make us better. God wants nothing but the best for you and the person beside you. But a lot of times we forget this because of the pain and the, the, the evil that we have went through. God is shaping you because he is for you, church. Church, and I know a lot of times when we get involved and we look at the evil side of people, we're like God is against all of us. Church, that has never been the truth. Whoever has told you that, they're lying straight to your face. God is with you and he is for every single one of you. Church, we need to believe it. And the last one is in your pain, God is shaping you. I missed those, I switched those around, but God is shaping you. God is turning you into something that you're not even going to comprehend. Church, a lot of you have stories of evil that has changed your life. 
What if I would tell you that God's shaping you and molding you to a position that you can share that story? You know, when this gentleman that I was talking about, when he shared this story of his son, it took me a little bit to realize he was standing on the very spot that his son was killed. Very steps. Very church. The exact same place that he saw evil pull up and take everything that he has ever, one of the greatest things that he has ever had in his life, and that's a child. And he stood there and he let God shape him into something that is amazing, church. If we want to combat evil the way that God has called us to do, you've got to be moldable. God's trying to get stuff out of your way right now so he can put some things in place. It's tough for us to understand this. It's tough for us to comprehend that God is taking things out so he can move stuff in, but I'm telling you, it's happening. So the question that we have been in all day, if God is a God that he says he is, if God is a God that exists Why is all this evil around us every day? Church, I'm going to reiterate, it is because of love. Everything God does is because he loves you. Everything that God does in your life, because he loves you. I'm reminded every day of the ways that God loves me. Church, God trusted me with kids. I'm just, he loved me that much. He trusted me with children. I didn't know how to change a diaper until I was like 23, 24. He trusts me with kids. God loved me so much, he let me be a father. God loved me so much, he let me meet my wife when we were in sixth grade, and today we're celebrating 18 years of marriage. He loved me that much that someone put up with me for 18 years. Church, God loves you so much that he gives us a choice to choose evil or the goodness of God. And my prayer today is simply choose the goodness of God You can't go wrong with following Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, God, as we come into this moment, as we come into this time, Lord, God, I know this topic gets up in our feels quite a bit, Lord. God, I know it can uncover a lot of things that we try to hide away. God, I know it can... It can uproot some things, Lord, that maybe we thought we were done dealing with, but we brought it, it brought it to the surface, God. God, I know a lot of times we try to forget the evil that has happened in our lives. God, I know sometimes we get so scared of the evil. We get so scared of the consequences. The, our first response is to run. God, my prayer is everyone that's hearing this, Lord, the only place they run is to the arms of Jesus Christ. God, I know a lot of times we get angry. A lot of times we scream, why me? Why now? Why this way? But God, I know you give us peace. And God, you give us hope that you turn everything into goodness. God, I know there's people here that are struggling with that that statement. They're struggling with comprehending that. But God, you're a God of goodness. And we thank you for that.
Keep it very simple. Church, God loves you so much. I never want anyone to walk out of these doors that they don't know that. God has loved you so much that he sacrificed the dearest thing to him. Think about that. So my prayer today is simply this. We need to choose goodness. We need to stop choosing evil. We need to stop choosing things that make us feel good, even though they're wrong. My prayer is that we simply make the decision, all of us, to choose goodness. Let's stand.